Hello, and welcome to The Point Being, a weekly podcast from Ipsos Public Affairs with all your need-to-know polling data. Here we'll, here we'll dive into the latest trends in public opinion research as it relates to the news of the day. I'm Kate Morris, a data journalist at Ipsos, and I'm joined by Sarah Feldman. Hi. Also data journalist at Ipsos, and research leads Chris Jackson. Greetings. And Mallory Newell. Hey, happy to be back. Welcome back. Yay. <laughs> the gang's back together. That's right. <laughs> well, so. uh, yeah, in honor of Mallory being back, we have a lot of relevant and interesting data to get into. Um, this week, we're talking about people's perceptions and experiences of parenting, um, whether people feel parenting has gotten harder recently. So Mallory will definitely want you to weigh in there. I'm so uh, glad you saved this topic for yeah. me. <laughs> Plus, we're going to get into a new study we, we released with the Washington Post on teenagers, which was last conducted in 2005. So there's just a lot of interesting trend data here. That's right. It's not just all what the parents have to say. The kids have a voice, too. Oh, yes. Here at Ipsos, the kids have a voice here, too. So, Mallory, um, to start us off, how do parents today feel parenting stacks up compared to 20 or so years ago? Um, I I thought this was a really interesting question. So just a little bit of context for our listeners before we dive in. You know, oftentimes when we talk about parents, we're focused just on those with a child under 18 in the household, right? And so in this particular line of questioning, we asked people if they had children of of any ages. Um, And, you know, parents of older children, parents of of grown children, et cetera, which I think gives us a really nice kind of well-rounded look um, when you ask questions of like, how did things compare to 20 years ago, right? Um, And that's a really interesting question because I think that, you know, when you talk about parents with, with kids in the house, you know, most of them feel that parenting is harder, parenting is more expensive than it was 20 years ago. Um, And they're also more likely to feel that there is more pressure put on parents um, and that people are more critical of parents these days compared to 20 years ago. You know, I think something like three quarters of of parents with, with kids under 18 said that. And And so I think what we're seeing here is a little bit of this effect of like when you're when you're really in it, right, when you're a little bit closer to it, you tend to sort of feel the yeah, it's hard. Yeah, there's judgment. Yeah. You know, money is flying out of my bank account. Um, You know, I'm speaking from the data. Right, guys. (laughs) I want to be really clear about that. This is not just me standing on a soapbox. Um, and, and, you know, I think when you dive a little deeper, you start to see in, in this poll on parents that there's also some interesting gender differences that, that are reminiscent of, of things that we've seen and reported on in previous episodes of the podcast. You know, moms are more likely than dads to feel that there is more, um, it's more pressure on how to be a parent, right? Um, And that it's harder to be a parent now compared to 20 years ago. Fathers are more likely to feel that it's more expensive to be a parent these days, though something like nine in 10 parents overall say that it's more expensive to be a parent these days. So 
again, we're talking about a, a super majority of parents, regardless of, of gender. Um, and I think we touched on this earlier this year in the podcast, actually, which is that our, our Axios Ipsos tracking earlier this year found that mothers were twice as likely to be, you know, overwhelmed, burnt out or stressed than parent or than fathers. Um, that same poll, though, also found that mothers were more likely to report being hopeful than fathers. So I think to kind of tie this all together, what we're seeing is that, you know, parents are really feeling the burden, but I would venture to guess that, you know, for those that have older children, they probably felt the same back in, in their parental prime. Uh, and some of those gender differences that we've talked about in the past I think are still really sticking with us, especially now we're in a really interesting period for everyone. I'm sure, you know, many parents are feeling a particular type of way now that we're in smack dab in the middle of back to school in a pandemic. Um, and I think those those differences between mothers and fathers are something really important to explore, um, particularly when it comes to perceptions and feelings toward parenting, but also, you know, levels of stress and, and burnout that parents are feeling right now. Yeah, that brings up a really good point. Um, so this divide that we're seeing in stress levels and burnout generally among fathers and mothers raises the question of who is actually doing the most work around the house in terms of childcare, general decision-making and delegating. So from the same survey, uh, last week's Understanding Society survey, uh, this is clearly one point where fathers and mothers of kids under the age of 17 still don't see eye to eye. That's because if you ask mothers, a majority of them, or 86%, say that they're doing most of the childcare and decision-making, but at the same time, a majority of fathers feel the same way, or 68%. Granted, it's a smaller majority of fathers, but Overall, clearly, there's a bit of a mismatch here in what people uh, think their respective contributions are to the household and how those are being perceived by their partners. Um, so another point to bring out here is that this isn't a new phenomenon. Um, Pre-pandemic, we saw a similar breakdown in self-assessed self, <laughs> contributions to the household. Um, so in a fall 2019 survey, opinion among women and then kind of broke down in, in similar ways. And the caveat here being that the questions were not one-to-one and we're not comparing fathers and mothers, but rather men and women more generally. Still though, 61% of women said that maintaining the household fell mostly or almost entirely to them, while a plurality of men, uh, or 43%, said that their responsibilities were divided half and half. So <laughs> clearly there's some, some tensions and questions here that are not fully resolved and um, preceded the pandemic and are kind of coming, going along with it and staying with us. Um, but I think uh, despite uh, any larger questions about who is really doing the heavy lifting at home here aside, we can all agree that the past year was legitimately stressful. And for parents, some of their top worries revolved around how their kids were doing. So Chris, um, how did the stress of the pandemic match up for both parents and teenagers? Yeah, uh, so we can answer that because we just did this great survey with the Washington Post where we interviewed 14 to 18 year olds. Um, if you haven't seen it yet, I certainly would recommend going to check it out. The Washington Post did a great uh, story about it, like a, one of those sort of 
interactive scroll things, lots of photos, lots of stories from the the teenagers. Uh, it's it's a very rich and, and moving story um, that that everyone should really check out because it, it touches on a lot of different topics beyond just sort of the the stress of the pandemic. Um, and it's actually a repeat of a lot of questions the Post did with the Kaiser family in Harvard about 15 years ago. So they're able to actually compare uh, teenagers now versus teenagers a decade and a half ago. Um, And, you know, some really interesting findings from that, uh, you know, uh, for instance, teenagers now actually, when asked what some of the biggest threats or biggest uh, problems facing society, talk about political polarization, mm-hmm. partisanship, which, uh, you know, is, is of course, is a big concern. But, you know, the idea that 14 to 18 year olds, right, people who are in high school are, are, are seeing that as like the biggest thing facing them, you know, even more so than like climate change, which is also uh-huh. a big concern. Uh, I think was really important. But when it comes to the pandemic, there is some really interesting stuff happening. Um, you know, parents were, from from the other research we were doing, parents were uh, really sort of focused on their kids' education and uh, their mental health and thought that those really had sort of taken a big hit by the last year and a half um, you know, three quarters of parents thought that their kids' education had been negatively impacted. Two thirds, sixty-three percent, said their mental health had been negatively impacted. Um, you know, so so parents are are really and realistically concerned about uh, about the impact that's had, um, and that's mirrored a little bit by the teenagers, but not necessarily as strongly. So when we asked the the 14 to 18 year olds, uh, only about half said that their academics had had a negative impact. The other half said that there had been no impact or had been positive. Just under half, 45% said their mental health had had a negative impact. Now, again, 45% of teens saying that their mental health has had a negative impact is that's that's important, right? Because that's a lot of teenagers um, who are already, you know, full of hormones uh, and maybe not the most stable mental health to start with. Um, but you know, not necessarily nearly as bad as their parents thought, right? Which was again two thirds to forty five percent. They're also though teens were also a little bit worried about their relationship with their friends. Were forty percent, so two and five said that they had been negatively impacted. But you know, in sort of the silver lining. Uh, about a little over a third of teens said that their relationship with their parents had actually gotten better in the last year and a half because of the pandemic. And, you know, you're forced to sort of stay home more. You're not able to go as out as much. So you're actually seeing your parents more a little bit. So like, you know, not a huge, huge silver lining, but like a little one. Um, But, you know, it does suggest that the kids, you know, maybe aren't great, but they're all right. Uh, they're certainly not necessarily as uh, seeing things quite as dire in terms of the academic or mental health space as their parents are, though, you know, I think it is the parents' place to worry, right? Um, but, you know, looking back over the last year, you know, that does seem to be sort of the big the big focus that both teens and parents have had is that, that academic and mental health angle and, and what the damage of the last year has been on that more than almost any of the other aspects we looked at. Yeah, and not to kind of pile on to the general pessimism, but um, again, let's, I, I want to kind of dive in a bit into the Washington Post survey finding that teenagers feel that the U.S.'s best days are behind it. 
I was, Mallory, can you unpack that a bit? Are external factors like the coronavirus kind of the big driver behind that feeling, or is it something a little more deeply rooted? Yeah, I mean, I'm happy to dive into the pessimism. Yeah. <laughs> but I think I think there's some interesting, really interesting findings from this Washington Post survey, albeit some kind of negative ones. Um, you know, I, I think certainly the coronavirus pandemic is a factor at play here because, as Chris just alluded to, you know, it has had a significant impact on um, their academics, their mental health, uh, friendships. So, so it is something that teens are feeling more acutely. But, you know, I just want to underscore that point that you made, Kate, that teenagers are concerned that America's best years might be behind us. Now a majority of teens feel that way. Um, and it's basically been a 15 percentage point increase from the last time the survey was conducted in, in the mid-aughts. Uh, so that's sort of the landscape that that we're working with, right? Um, maybe it's because of a global pandemic. I'm, I'm sure that's the case. Maybe this concern of America's best years behind us are because of other things like heightened political polarization, mass shootings, um, the now, you know, the 20 year end to the war in Afghanistan. Um, I think what we're seeing, though, is that teens are really kind of deeply evaluating their what's important to them, um, what they want out of life, right? And, and what their values are. And, you know, this poll, for example, found that teens now are, are less likely to feel that they'll be rich, be famous someday than they were in 2005, but that's less of a priority. Um, the thing that tops the list in terms of importance is, is actually having enough free time to do the things you want to do. The other thing that tops the list, interestingly enough, is being successful in a career. Um, so, you know, we've talked in the past about different generations um, moving around in their careers. And I remember a conversation that the four of us had about how Gen Z respondents um, were more likely to say that, you know, they value flexibility and that they wouldn't hesitate to look around to to get what what they were looking for in the workforce. It's important to remember that, you know, these are, this is part of the same generation. So we have data from those that have entered the workforce already, and we have data from kind of the younger side of Gen Z that is showcasing that, you know, from their value system, it's it's really about how you you choose to spend your time and how you you get ahead in your career. Um, and then I think to answer the other part of your question of, you know, is there something more deeply rooted or why are the U.S.'s best days behind them? I think we have to look at what teens are feeling is is a major threat to their generation. And this question was really interesting to me because the thing that topped the list here was political divisions. About three in five teens that we surveyed said that political divisions are a major threat to their generation. So these are folks that 
you know, kind of came of age during the Trump administration and during a period, you know, the 2016 presidential election and campaign where you have kind of a growing distrust of um, the media, of institutions in general. You have a growing political polarization in this country that we've talked at length about how it impacts every single issue these days. Um, And I think they're really feeling that. And then the other things that are also seen as threats to their generation, gun violence, right? These are kids that have learned mass shooter drills in their classrooms um, and grew up in an era of mass shootings, um, racial discrimination and the cost of healthcare. And so I think, you know, there's a lot weighing on this generation, this younger sect of, of Gen Z. Uh, and perhaps that's why um, they're feeling that the country's best days may be behind. And so, you know, when you're growing up in an era of a pandemic, obviously, of, of gun violence, of some of these big lingering questions, polarized times, I think it'll be really interesting to kind of bring it back to what we were talking about at the beginning part of our discussion today. I think it'll be really interesting to see how this generation grows up and ages and, you know, perhaps when they get older, perhaps when some become parents kind of reflect back on, on being a teen. Yeah, Mallory, I think that's such a good point. Um, Because, yeah, some of the questions that we've been kicking around um, on this podcast have been reflective ones. How do people think back on a certain period in their time? How do we compare people from one period of time, 2005, for example, to now? Um, And at least what those polling results from the parent survey, which you referenced, um, showed is that people can be kind of unforgiving when they reflect back at other points in their life. Memory softens um, some of those harsh edges that um, we all live through, um, which can make our assessment of how bad they were um, a little less forgiving as we look back on them. So as you talked about Mallory up top, one of the interesting pieces of this poll was that we didn't just ask people who had kids in their household who are under 18 if they were parents, but we also asked people um, if they had adult kids um, who you know are in their 20s, 30s, 40s or older. And we asked these parents of adult children if they felt parents today are under more pressure or people are more p- critical of parents now than they were 20 years ago when you know many of these same people were actually rearing their own kids um, who were probably at home or just recently out of the house. Um, and for reference, as Mallory talked about up top, um, just under half of parents with kids 18 or younger strongly agree um, that people are more critical of parents than they were 20 years ago. Um, they're twice as likely to feel this way than parents who have children who are over the age of 40. Um, Similarly, similarly, around two in five parents of teens and kids today strongly agree that people are more critical of parents than they were two two decades ago. So, you know, we see a similar trend here. Parents with adult children are less likely to strongly feel that people are actually more critical of parents today than they were when they were raising their own kids. Um, And, you know, just to caveat these findings, as we usually do, 
parenting, um, this, these findings are just as much about parenting as they are about age. Um, with parents with younger kids more likely to be younger themselves and people with older adult children are more likely to be older themselves. So there's kind of a confounding factor there. But um, I think one of the things that we can take away from this and that's kind of running through a lot of these findings is that, you know, people always feel like they have it harder when they look back and compare other people going through a similar thing now. Um, so it'll certainly be interesting to see how parents who had to parent young children during the pandemic reflect back on their experience, uh, maybe in 20 years from now. Darn kids. <laughs> kids these days in conclusion. <laughs> So later on, we'll just all say, well, back in my day, yeah. <laughs> when, when do we become those people? I'm already there. So. Both ways. <laughs> Through the snow. Great. Well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in this week. That's all we have time for this week. Um, and as always, definitely check out other surveys that we have. There's a wealth of data, as usual. Um, this week, there's the Axios, the latest Axios episode coronavirus index, which finds that our um, stubborn vaccine wall is finally looking like it's about to crumble or on the process of doing that. Um, other surveys on how Americans feel about the withdrawal from Afghanistan, uh, most recently with Reuters. And um, next week, look out for an in-depth survey on how 9-11 stacks up against events like the pandemic. So kind of as we were talking about um, uh, more recent events kind of can stick out in your memory a little bit more than past ones and the financial crisis in terms of how these things impacted society. And uh, not to um, forget a USA Today Ipsos poll on um, going back to school. So all of this and more can be found on ipsos.com, news and polls, and you can follow us on Twitter at Ipsos US. Thanks again for tuning in. Please join us next week. I'm Kate Morris, and you can find me on Twitter at Callison Morris. I'm Chris Jackson. I'm at JCB Jackson. I'm Mallory Newell. You can find me at Mallory Kate, Kate with a C. And I'm Sarah Feldman, and you can find me here next week. Take care and thanks for listening. <laughs>